You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. I was actually pretty nervous before I came here this morning. And uh, I speak enough times over here where there's enough space in between where I'm nervous all over again the next time I do it. But um, I know that you're probably really grateful that I'm doing it and not you. So, uh, (laughs) but when I came this morning and slowly everybody's kind of coming in and and you know what? It's a super blessing that we are a family because I do feel like that. And uh, I'm not nervous now. So praise the Lord for that. And it, it is always a blessing for me to talk about the Bible and uh, the story that's there. And we're continuing on in Acts. And if you'll uh, open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, and I'm just going to be covering verses 9 through 11. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles, if you don't know, on the back table. And if you don't have a Bible, then um, you can take that one, okay? But what I like to say, if you take that Bible, you have to read it, okay? It's not like one of those things you put it under your seat in the car, and uh, it doesn't do any good to you if uh, it's just sitting in your car. It's not like the magic book and... Okay, so please take it, and if you don't have one, take it home, and I encourage you to read it daily, all right? So we're in Acts chapter 1, continuing on, and, uh, you know, it's been a blessing that we're going through slow. I do like to go through the Bible slow and kind of um, get every little bit out of it that we can, okay? And we're in starting in verse 9. I'm going to read that, and then we'll, we'll pray. It says, after he said this, Jesus was talking. If you were here last week, Riz was talking about that. The, uh, Jesus speaking in this chapter here about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then it says there, we're in 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood before them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word and Lord, that we can gather here to look into your word. Lord, to spend time in worship of you. Lord, in the fellowship together. Lord, this is the way that you planned it, and this is the way that you made it. Lord, and we give you all the glory. We do pray that you would just help me, Lord, as I go through your word, and just help each one of us to have our hearts open and that you would speak to each and every one of us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so with those verses, I I pretty much want to just talk about this last part that it says here. This same Jesus that the angel 
was telling these guys, the same Jesus who had been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So at this part of the story, Jesus is physically taken up from them. Okay, and consider that, that the disciples, and I was thinking about it, that for three and a half years they spent night and day with Jesus. And I'm guessing if I'm with Jesus, right, think about it. If you were with Jesus anywhere, you probably thought you could do anything. You know, if somebody needed prayer, you'd be all over it because Jesus was there. They saw all the miracles, everything. But at this point, Jesus is being taken away. And in my head, I'm going, man, that must have been kind of heavy for them. Because Jesus is not going to be around anymore, physically. Okay, so kind of the scenario there. But he's leaving, and that's pretty much what I'm going to talk about. I have this uh, should be on the screen there. You see that picture. And uh, anybody recognize where that is, that church? Yeah, it's, I don't know, somebody with, Tatiana was saying there's one around here. But, but this one is one that I remember. And that sign, Jesus coming soon. And I don't know how long that church has been there, but when I was a little kid, a long time. And I, when I looked at, yeah. And I'm like probably a, a few years older than Rhys. And uh, um, I'm probably I'm more like his mom. But when I was a little kid, I can remember passing by. And if you can imagine, I was a Catholic, brought up Catholic, only went to Catholic church. You didn't go to, I didn't even know other churches existed. But when we would drive, I grew up in Ever Beach, and when I was with my parents, and we'd be driving on the freeway, and this one, I was telling Riz, yeah, you got to get a picture, because I remember on the freeway, and looking up, and here was this sign, Jesus coming soon. And it always fascinated me, and actually last night I was coming that way, because I'm like, I wonder if that sign, yeah, and it still works. The thing still got the lights on. And, uh, but... What I remember is that year after year after year after year, I would pass by that sign and it said the same thing, of course, Jesus coming soon. But Jesus had never come, right? And, and just like a little guy thinking like, wow, that's in my head. I can remember seeing it going, wow, that's so interesting that he's coming soon on the sign, but as far as I know, he never came. And that kind of goes along with what I want to share because inevitably when I get the scriptures, there's always, it seems like it's for me. And as I was considering this section here, that I realized that it's been a long time since I even considered that. And my life just goes on year after year, just like when I was a kid, not even thinking about it, but it's easy because Jesus hasn't come back yet for it to be like just keeps getting pushed further back and further back and further back. And it maybe is a doctrine that 
that once in a while comes up in the church, and, uh, but we don't consider it, you know. So I'm going to go through some of the details here of Jesus coming back. And uh, it's important in the Bible. It was prophesied Jesus coming back, not just the first time, but the second time in the Old Testament. Jesus himself taught about his return many times throughout the Gospels. And as I was studying, I was pretty amazed at how many times he references it or things to it. It is not like a little minor subject in the Gospels. It's mentioned in the book of Acts here and in other places as we go through, you'll see. And it is taught about in the letters to the churches many times. And it is brought up in detail in the book of Revelation. Like really detailed. Pretty much a good portion of the book is what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. And the things leading up to it. So it's not like a minor doctrine. It's really important. Okay? What I hope to cover this morning is a few things. Three things. One... Quickly, Jesus coming the first time. Right? And where we are here in Acts is actually the continuation of the Gospels with Jesus coming the first time. Okay? The second thing is our text that Jesus is leaving. Okay? And he's leaving for a purpose. He's not just leaving because, you know, I'm over it already. Been like three and a half years and... These guys are pretty much still knuckleheads, so I'm going back, you know. That he, he has a purpose, and the third thing is Jesus coming back, and w- how we need to respond to it. Okay. In the Gospels is a story of Jesus coming physically the first time. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says there, And the word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, Jesus says that you see, uh, not Jesus said, sorry. In Romans, the scripture says, you see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrated his love for us while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So the first time Jesus came, he came For a purpose. And that was to be the sacrifice for sin. To make the way for us to have salvation. Have our sins all covered. And have a new start. Okay. And uh, all of the teachings are pretty amazing also. So Jesus physically came the first time. Now this part here in Acts. Is he's physically leaving for now. Okay. And he's going to come back at a time. In, chap- in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 28, Jesus says, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Okay, so Jesus is going back, he says here. Now, he's not just going back and then he's cruising up there. He actually is going back. With a purpose, kind of a twofold purpose. One, it says in First John, 
chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and I'm reading it in the New Living Translation. He says here, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Along with that, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 says, Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. So what's Jesus doing up there? That he's our advocate. He's interceding. Right? So he's telling God good things about us. When we get in trouble, right, if we do something wrong, then he intercedes for us. See, he's like our lawyer before God. Beside the fact that we belong to him, think of that setup. I mean, that's a good setup. And that's what Jesus is doing. Part of what he's doing is going up there to be our advocate. What Riz talked about last week is the other part of it, Jesus up there, that in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus tells the disciples that it is to your good or it's to your advantage that I am going away. Now imagine what that sounded like to them. How could it be to their advantage that Jesus was leaving? But he says, unless I go away, the advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And something that Riz was sharing, that this is God's plan. That Jesus goes, when he was on earth, he could be at one place at one time. So part of God's plan is that the Holy Spirit came, and the Holy Spirit is in the life of each believer. So believers all over the world have that life in them and that power of the Holy Spirit. So throughout the world, there's this witness. Jesus leaves, but sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit guides and directs us individually, as well as corporately, or us together as a church. To be what? Riz talked about it last week. To be Jesus' witnesses throughout the whole world. Okay? This is what we're studying in the book of Acts. That the whole book of Acts is believers, just like you and I. And, and there's some pretty amazing stories here. And it's going to be probably kind of easy to go, well, man, I could, I could never do that. But you know what? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. And that's why Jesus is giving us that power, what we studied last week. Right? That you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses throughout the world. Okay? So the book of Acts chronicles the Holy Spirit-empowered Acts. That's where they get the name. The Acts of the believers in His church. We are, all of us here, not just here in Acts, 
Acts actually kind of doesn't have an ending, that it keeps going on. And we're whatever chapter, if they kept on writing, who, who would know is the chapter that we're in now. And that's what we're doing. We're carrying on God's work in the world up to the time that Jesus comes back. So with that, Jesus physically returning or the second coming. And I'm telling you, I was absolutely amazed at all the references pertaining to the second coming, all different kinds of stuff. In, in all the scriptures, I got actually quite a few scriptures today, and uh, probably about a third of only the ones that I picked up, and there was even more. But we would be here literally till Jesus came, if, <laughs> if I read through all of those. So, in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28, it says that just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and He will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Him. So Jesus is coming a second time. And that sign literally is still true. That Jesus is coming soon. Okay? Um, I hope that all of that is good news for us. And it really kind of woke me up where I went, man, I don't think that I've considered this much. I can't remember the last time I really considered it. He is coming back and it is not going to be at our convenience. And I was considering that maybe, you know, that like Jesus coming soon, that we might go, well, man, I hope he kind of delays it till I get married or, or I want to go to Rome or, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> hey, it can happen, right? It can happen. If you knew he was coming back next week, what would you do this week? Right? Probably... A lot better things than you would if you didn't think he was coming back. The world as we know it will not go on forever. This is God's plan. And some of the scriptures here, I'm going, whoa, kind of gnarly scriptures. But it's the word of God, right? Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. One day there is an end. And sounds kind of crazy, um, you know, look, look into some of the end time stuff. All the things that are happening now, um, looks like things are kind of ramping up for getting towards the end. But the purpose for Jesus' return, Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 and 31. Jesus said that his return is to gather his elect from one ends of the, the heaven to the other. John chapter 14, verse 3, Jesus said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, the, the believers, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So one of the purposes for Jesus' second coming is to take us, unless we pass away. That happens, right? And uh, if you're like my age, then it's it's 
probably more of a reality. Uh, I'm living on borrowed time already. And uh, you know what? In our, it is wise to consider our life. And the Bible says that. Consider your life. Consider the number of your days, David said. That there's days specifically numbered for each and every one of us. And we don't know when that is. And, uh, but God does know when the last day it is. But it says here that if we make it to that time, if we don't see Jesus another way, then he's going to come back and get us. The second thing, he is coming to reward us according to what we have done, according to his will. Matthew 16, 27, Jesus said, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and he is going to reward each person according to what they have done. So everything that we do for Christ is going to have a reward. Okay, and you know what? The Lord knows all about that. Now, I don't think that we're doing it, right, if we help out in Sunday school, like, like Riz was asking. The Bible says that there's going to be a reward every cup of water that you give to a needy person. Everything that you do in the name of Jesus, there's some reward to it, okay? And... I don't think if we do it just for the reward. We, we used to make kind of like a joke all the time. If somebody kind of gets like a little praise, like, oh, man, that was super good. Then somebody would say, like, ah, you lost your reward, you know. But, hey, the Lord is going to dish it out, and, and it's going to be fair. But I don't think that our motivation, we do it, we should be doing it out of love and not for reward. But Jesus did say that there will be some rewards attached. 2 Timothy 4.1 says that he is coming to judge the living and the dead. So he is coming again and he will be the judge for all mankind, the Bible says. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 says that he is going to punish those who don't know God. And do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will be punished with everlasting destruction. Shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. So pretty gnarly stuff. But you know what? There is two sides to it. Right? And if you read your Bible, you know that. That's what the Bible says. And, and what I like to tell people is that it's not true because I believe it. I believe it because it's true. So if I didn't believe it, and there was a time that I didn't believe, it doesn't change anything. It's going to be the same, right? And the part of it is salvation for whoever accepts, okay? The other part of it here is going to be judgment. And that should motivate us, and I'll talk about that later. It, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 24 to 26, it says, Then the end will come when Jesus hands over the kingdom of God to the Father after he has destroyed all dominion 
authority, and power. All that's not of God. So Jesus is going to come and finalize the kingdom of God. And destroy everything that has opposed God. So everything that opposes God, Jesus is going to come back. And the Bible says that he's going to, every nation that opposed him, every person, every organization, that he's going to deal with it. So when is he coming back, if he's coming back? Right, and it's been over 2,000 years. And just like in my little mind, I could never figure that out, that Jesus was coming soon, but... But years went by and seemed like soon went by too. I'm like, well, obviously he's not coming soon because now I'm like an old guy and he still hasn't come back. The sign's still up that he's coming soon. Okay, and I have some great scriptures. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. Jesus said, but about that day no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So one day, God the Father is going to say, it's time. And Jesus is going to come back. That's how it is. And only God knows. If you open with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 18. 2 Peter chapter 3. Very important scriptures. It says here, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But that the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with His promise, we are looking for, forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with Him. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory now and forever. Amen. Now with that, he says what? That he hasn't come back, and it's his patience. So every day that he hasn't come back yet, 
is an opportunity for another person. Now, I became a Christian in 1971 in a little church in Kailua. I don't remember the day, but you know what? I'm so grateful that he didn't come back the day before. Because I had heard the gospel the year before and just blew it off. But you know what? God was patient. And I did hear again. I had another opportunity. And the second opportunity, the Holy Spirit kind of woke me up. Now think about it that every single day that he doesn't come back is another day for people that maybe have been putting it off. People that don't even know yet that God is going to speak that into their hearts. And they're going to have a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance or a fifth chance. Okay, so God is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness, the Bible says. What should our response be in how we lead our lives? Amazing amount of scriptures going for that. First Peter it says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, literally, that means with self-control, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that is his very own, eager to do what is good. So all these exhortations or encouragement to each one of us that Jesus is coming back. And it is important for us to consider that, that he wants us to be sharp and not slacking. Okay, last one is in the the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. Jesus speaking here. Starting verse 26. Jesus talking and he says, At that time people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven." Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, know that it is near right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. 
He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether it is evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So Jesus is telling us what? To watch. How are we doing? And you know what? Just after doing this study, I realized that, you know what? I need to improve. And I need to be more focused. And I need to apply myself more to the spiritual things in my life. And considering some of those scriptures, other ones, just as gnarly about what's going to happen at the judgment, man, I need to be more telling other people about the Lord. And not to be afraid. Because what Jesus says is going to happen. Whether we believe it or not. What it says in the word is going to happen. That judgment will come. But you know what? God for sure is patiently waiting for each person to come to know him. We can be part of that. Okay? Um, More than ever, we need to stay close to the Lord, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us through challenging times. We also need to hold on to and follow through with what we read and know to be true in His Word. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to empower us and use us now. We need to share the truth of the gospel with all, starting in our closest circle of relationships and outward from there, even to the ends of the earth. And let's pray. Lord, we want to look at these things, Lord. We do want to consider the importance and the seriousness of what your word says. Lord, and I do pray that each of us would take stock of our lives spiritually, Lord, and that we would apply ourselves and be witnesses on our jobs, in our families, with our friends, in our community, in our world. Lord, any areas that we're sleeping or slacking, Lord, that you would convict our hearts. Lord, and we know from what we read last week that you have given us the spiritual power to be overcomers. Lord, and we do pray that you would give us a desire to be used mightily by you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name.